0: Oh, we're doing just the good stuff today. Penn State got a couple of more players into their program, so we're going to talk about them. Two for the price of one. A.J. Litton, the transfer from Florida State. We'll be talking about him. And also the recent commit, Tyler Johnson, the receiver, out of Virginia. What do they do? What do they not do? Get to it today, and let me be frank. Frank! In a world full of too many football podcasts... Football Podcast. One man's quest to find the answers. Okay, boys, let's go to work. Now, live from Pine Grove Studio B, it's Let Me Be Frank with T. Frank. The first player we're going to break down today is A.J. Litton, the transfer from Florida State. Breakdown! The first thing we have to understand about Litton is that uh there's not a lot of tape now he was not on the team in 2020 at Florida State and while there's no confirmed reports as to why he was removed from the team which is what the official report was from Florida State um we'll get into a little bit of the situation and do just some light speculating some you know context clues while also fully, fully knowing that we may be very wrong about that. So let's look at his situation at Florida State since 2018. Top 100 recruit defensive back top four player out of Maryland, highly recruited by a lot of schools, including Penn State, ultimately choosing Florida State Uh, in 2018 and 2019. He played as a rotational player on the defense at field corner like penn state florida state runs field and boundary meaning he played on the long side of the field when the ball was you know on one or the other hash mark the problem was there's a certain asante samuel jr second round draft pick in the nfl draft this spring that was ahead of him on the depth chart so he he wasn't going to play a whole ton at that position because asante samuel jr never came off the field he played some at boundary corner which is the bigger more physical corner in their scheme uh, and he also was a third down player so he would be their nickel corner except they would have him play on the edge and they would have Asante Samuel Jr. kick in to play that slot corner much like John Reed did at Penn State in the past so he has according to PFF 158 total college snaps in coverage that's it he's a little over 300 total snaps in football. And he's been in college football for three years. And because of what happened last year, he now has two years of eligibility left. So that's the backstory of uh, what the situation was and maybe why he didn't see as much playing time. Now, when we look at his actual film, the reps that we do have, I think we can see a little bit of a pattern here. And remember, there's a lot of stuff that we're not going to be able to cover in terms of. There's not a lot of evidence of him at the catch point. 18 total targets in his career is not enough to make any sort of assertion about his abilities with the ball in the air and him making plays on the ball. But I do think that there's some stuff that you can see, especially here at the top of the screen. When he's in press man coverage, that's his best asset. When he can uh, feel the receiver, he can get his hands on him. He can sense where the receiver is going. That's when he plays the best. You can see that... uh, Sometimes when he was in the slot there was literally one game he played in the slot in 2019. He can shadow receivers and I think that what is what made him such a highly regarded recruit and here tackling former top or future top 5 pick Kyle Pitts for a third down. Some impressive work. So you can see that the talent is there as a sticky man coverage corner to stay with uh, receivers throughout the route. He has the hips, he has the speed, he has good uh, leaping ability. All of those things are apparent on tape. So the physical stuff to check all of those boxes, going back to his recruiting and then some of these early reps on film, you can see why he was a highly regarded recruit. Now on the flip side, I don't know that he's the most polished product. Again, he's got two years left of eligibility, and he's still raw in a lot of ways because if he's not in press man coverage, that's when a lot of the problems start to show up. He's not very good in off coverage or when he is dropping into his zone. And while this is an interception, I want to remind you, this is in the blowout against Clemson at the very end. That's not Trevor Lawrence throwing the football, and that was wildly underthrown. You can see when he has to transition and, and break downhill on routes is when he tends to struggle. He doesn't have a feel for what is he's being set up for and what the actual route is. So route recognition, all those things, you, you can see in the slot his two-way coverage is not great. So this is a guy who's going to play primarily on the boundary for Penn State. I can't imagine he'd be a slot player uh, and and has to learn how to play with his eyes on the quarterback and with his eyes on the receiver when he's in off coverage. He has to learn the nuances of the game a little more. I think that's lagging behind when you look at his film. But again, there's, there's not a lot of it. So if you're Penn State, The thought is, here's this guy that's been buried on the depth chart. We like him. We're familiar with him. We think he's very talented. And when you have those skills as a press man coverage corner, those are some of the most rare that you're going to be able to find. So you take that guy and you put him on your depth chart and you hope that you can be the difference to teach him how to play football in a more holistic sense and not be so narrow in what you can do with him. The, the thing that I wonder here, though, is the old adage is you can never have enough defensive backs. And that's true unless you're one of the defensive backs. Because I don't know that he's in a terribly different situation than he was at Florida State where you've got trey Castro-Fields, who's a starter, Joey Porter Jr., an up-and-coming physical prototype at the position, and then Kalen King, another guy who is a, uh, a a stud so far this spring. So you've got three guys that you're expecting to be the uh, three heavily in rotation. Beyond that, you've moved Keaton Ellis to safety at this point. And your slot corners, Daquan Hardy. You, there are some opportunities. What I'm getting at is I think he's kind of in the same position of is he one of the three best corners? Is he the fourth corner? Is he the fifth corner? He's going to be coming in late into the situation, trying to learn the defense and compete during training camp. So if this is a guy looking in the transfer portal for a new destination for playing time, it's never guaranteed for anybody, but this is a really tough depth chart to crack. So does he have the talent to do it? Yes. He'll need to apply a lot more skills to that physical talent. And again, at 5'11", 180 pounds he's not a physically imposing guy that you can do a lot of different things with or project to safety he has a very narrow fit at the moment but the hope is he can grow that role and expand this is let me be Frank the next player will break, break out. the next player break will off. Re- off. the next player will evaluate. Is newly minted three star receiver from Virginia, Tyler Johnson. Now, part of the reason that he was not, he didn't have any stars when he committed to Penn State, is they just wrapped up their uh, spring football season because of COVID in Virginia. So, April, he was done playing football and the evaluation process had to begin. Three stars to me, it's about right if I'm looking at it according to Rivals, three stars. But when you, there's different levels of that, right? So is it a player that has room to grow? Is it a player that you don't think has room to grow? And what type of athleticism are you looking at and looking for when you're evaluating on that sort of scale? Now, we all have our own biases. I particularly like twitchy, explosive football players, as I've, I've told you before, and I think that in general, when you can get those, you have a certain advantage when it comes to creating space and separation, especially on offense at receiver, but just because you like a particular style, doesn't mean that's the only way to play football. And in that sense, Tyler Johnson, I think holistically, if you look at all the different types of athleticism, all the different ways you can be athletic, he does all of them very well holistically he's a really good athlete one of the first things that you notice is that he's a really good leaper shows lower body strength coordination ability to manipulate his body through space and in the air a lot of basketball in here is you know there's a lot of that in his game in general but when you watch him jump to the point of attack even if he missed miss jumps it there it's impressive he's an impressive athlete in the air and that continues after the catch, where you see he's able to explode and to get out of uh, you know the grasp of the defensive back and get yards after the catch. He has an abnormal number of big-time plays and big-time receptions. Part of that might be the level of competition, but he's also... A really good route runner in terms of setting up defensive backs and defenders and getting open in the soft spots and zones and against man coverage, setting up defensive backs to be wrong. He is not perfect off the line of scrimmage. I think that there's a lot of inefficiency. I think he does the same thing a lot, but what he does is he, he does create separation for himself and the quarterback. And as you can see, again, after he gets the ball in his hands, he's a threat. So that sort of using different speeds in the route is really obvious. And this one here you can see, guy just guesses wrong and not doesn't throw the ball to him. But that effective speed versus time speed, 40 speed, straight line stuff, I think that there's nuance to that of he's a fast football player even if the time 447 is good but not everything we're getting used to when you're seeing Penn State receivers running four three ones and four two sevens and insane stuff like that. There's enough speed and then there's a the functional use of it. And that's kind of an advanced nuanced thing that he does really well. And that translates to also just having the ball in his hands. He has this really strong ability to break tackles make people miss and in a couple different ways not just being elusive but also uh being able to slalom in and out of cuts and make people take bad angles to try and tackle him you can see here on this play he he gets all of this on his own because of his ability to not lose speed throughout his cuts that's that's an impressive skill that not everybody has and that sort of basketball ability he has during routes he shows again As a runner, and there's the same lower body strength that we saw that he's good at leaping. He uses that to break tackles. So he's he's a multi-use receiver who has a lot of really strong sort of physical abilities that make him a really valuable asset. And when you look at a three-star, there's a lot of upside to his game. I think Makai Flowers, who's already in this recruiting class in 2022, is a good example of guys that are super talented, have a basketball feel about them, and make a lot of plays. And Tyler Johnson makes a ton of plays. This particular one is a walk-off touchdown in the fourth quarter. And when you couple that with all the other big plays that he makes, you you can't ignore that. That's a real thing. So a lot of upside, I think, is the profile for Tyler Johnson, three-star with more to give. And that's been kind of a theme of what James Franklin has recruited is, maybe they aren't the finished product now, but we believe they have room to grow. And based on looking at him, I do think physically and you know maturity in the game of football, there is a lot of room to grow for Tyler Johnson. Now, if there's one thing that I typically don't talk about because I I, I think that it's unfair of me who can't run the same way to criticize effort, but there's a lot of really bad body language from Tyler Johnson on film. Of in key situations where you would want him to be giving you maximum effort, he is assuming somebody's going to make the play, and he's you know jogging over to the football. It happens a lot on defense, but it's not just that. I mean, just look at the body language here on a route, and and I I, I have a problem with this because. It's pervasive in key situations, but the tough part about it is he's playing a lot of snaps. And again, this is why I'm making the comparison to Makai Flowers is both those guys played a lot of snaps. But if your quarterback throws an interception in the third quarter of a tight game and you're walking backwards and you're not pursuing that, that that's when it becomes a problem. That's when those situations show up to me a little more than okay, he needs a breather on a couple of plays because he's playing free safety and he's their star receiver. So, I, you know, I tried to give as much leniency to that because it's hard to run all out 85 plays and you'll, you'll diminish your returns eventually. But you've got to try when you're not the target of, of the pass. And like I said before, he's a different football player with the ball in his hands, there's different speed, there's a different explosiveness, a different desire, and that's got to be more consistent if he wants to make an impact at the next level because he's not going to be the best athlete on the field. And there are times at safety, especially, where he thinks he's going to be that, and then he's not. And he's at a position because he's not in a football stance, he's not prepared at the snap, he is guessing. He's not playing with good positional discipline and you know, maybe he get lucky on a couple plays where this one wasn't completed, but he got beat and that's, you know, he's not going to, he's likely not going to play safety. Although I think he'd be a phenomenal safety if he wanted to be, but it's, it's the want to, and the, you know, uh, positional skills that naturally translate to receiver, but he hasn't really been working on the defensive back side of things. So, I think there's a lot of potential. There's a bit of a wild card sort of high variance could be a phenomenal number one boundary receiver type with Tyler Johnson. And when you pair that with Anthony Ivey and Caden Saunders, who are already in the class and that have that sort of explosive wow sort of speed and kind of have a little bit more of a defined characteristic, it's good to have a guy in there that has some high ceiling variance, some big bodied abilities, so I'm not you know, looking at the film, I'm not surprised that James Franklin and Mike Yersich and Taylor Stubblefield are betting on a kid and betting they can get more out of him through effort and competition because I think there's a lot more to give and with the natural abilities he has, you can positively project him to, you know, exceed the star rating for whatever it's worth, but also be a quality contributor in the class if all those things work out. So that's the the plus and the minus of a guy like Tyler Johnson, I'll be interested to see what a senior film looks like, and to see if uh, any of that changes. Uh, because again, super talented kid, and I think that you know those. If you take less, if you ask less of him, put less on his plate, he's only playing one position. I I think you can get more per rep out of a guy like Tyler Johnson.